welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Long Story Short from Evermore. And today, we are discussing the song, Look What You Make Me Do from Reputation. This is a big one. Biggie. Lots of gossip gab. Probably the biggest gossip gab that we will have. I think so. This one's pretty uh, pretty chock full yeah. of the hot goss. Lots. <laughs> Look What You Made Me Do is the sixth track on Reputation. Reputation was released on November 10th, 2017, and this song was co-written by our guy, Jack, Jack Antonoff. Antonoff. <laughs> also, Richard Fairbass, Fred Fairbass, and Rob Manzoli of Right Said Fred are credited for the interpolation of their song, I'm Too Sexy. More on that on Gossip Gab. Oh. <laughs> Look, What You Made Me Do has been played live by Taylor 59 times. Most of them were on her Reputation tour, of course, in 2018. She also performed them at various jingle balls and bashes in December of 2017. It was like six different balls and bashes. Yeah, because it was her huge it was her song. single. Yeah. Look What You Made Me Do was Taylor's fifth number one single on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It amassed the most plays in a single day on Spotify and topped the Hot 100 for three consecutive weeks. The song debuted and peaked at number one in several countries worldwide, including Australia, Canada, Ireland, Japan, Malaysia, New Zealand, and the Philippines, Scotland, and the U.K. Wow, that's a lot of countries. Wow. Look What You Made Me Do is certified four times platinum by the Recording Industry Association of America, and it has also received platinum or multi-platinum certifications in Australia, Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Italy, New Zealand, Poland, Sweden, and a diamond certification in Brazil. So, shout out to all of the Swifties in those countries. For making this song the biggest hit ever. Not ever, but huge. Pretty big. Yeah. This week, we would like to welcome a friend of mine from college who's the marketing director at a private school in New Jersey and one of the biggest Swifties I know to Tata Z. Leah, welcome to Tata Z. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. I know I requested this episode... I think really early on, I remember you sent like your two years ago. original <laughs> spreadsheet where there there weren't like four albums on it yet, but we're yeah. here now. And so I can't crazy, it. we're here. We're at the L's. Yeah, we, we made it. We made we're it. Like to halfway the L's. through, this is wild. Yeah, we are like halfway through. A little bit more. One hundred seventy six. By the time the something comes out from the vault, yeah, for <laughs> yeah, sure. Pretty wild. So Leah. Today we are talking about look what you made me do. So we're gonna have you start us out. Just on the song itself, what are your thoughts on Look What You Made Me Do? I feel like in terms of lyrically, this isn't like one of my favorite songs. I think I love this song because I appreciate how much of like a pop culture moment this was. I know you said we're going to kind of get into the historical context of this track and the music video and like the lead up to this album announcement. But I think what this meant and the shift from her 1989 era and kind of solidifying herself as a pop star and kind of going a bit darker is really interesting. And for this to be the first song that she released from the album was a huge statement for many reasons, also kind of marked the transition to kind of like a darker, more intimate type of pop too. I think 
I love this song more in retrospect because of like how much of a moment it was. I was also at the opening night of Reputation Stadium tour, so like oh watching. This. I did know that <laughs> you flew halfway across, well, across the country yeah. to see it, right? Arizona. Wow. It was wild, and watching this happen live was so insane to me. I was in the third row, and I was like, "When is she going to do it? It's not going to be the. It's not going to be the closing track of the." tour but like when how is it gonna happen she's gonna do a whole thing and she did she yeah. delivered the way she always yeah. does this number on the reputation netflix special yes not dvd <laughs> um, Devin always calls it the dvd <laughs> is, i kind of uh, wish it, it was a dvd so <laughs> yeah there, i i think there you could get a dvd of it right netflix like, doesn't do that anymore i don't oh. think well, maybe it does in that some makes places. me sad because i really don't know who has dvd players anymore we do we have a DVD player. We do. We do. We have an old one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think also what's so interesting about the way it's presented in the Netflix special is like obviously that was a costume change moment, but the actual intro video clip, which I I, I don't know if you want to talk about that now or later, is much longer on tour. It's like yeah. I think like forty five to a minute longer. 45 seconds to a minute longer. And I remember I was like, I'm so excited to watch this in HD. And I was like, no, they cut it. Like, they yeah. cut part of it. What's so interesting is that, like, for me, going back and watching the It before this episode, I was like, oh, I didn't even remember all that part. And then I was like, wait, I remember different things. And so it's interesting anytime they film one. Also mm. because concerts aren't exactly the same. So unless you were at that particular, I think it was Dallas-Fort Worth or something, that concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That she, that she recorded Maybe it. Maybe Arlington, yeah. 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 So, Devin. Yes. What do you think about Look What You Made Me Do? Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think everyone who listens to this podcast knows this already. Mm. I really didn't like this song when it first mm. came out. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and was the reason, and this song was the reason why Gab would not let me come to the Reputation Tour. <laughs> Not not only pretty this much, song, but like much. for me, it was like you didn't get it, so you couldn't come. <laughs> Every right. Every time I heard this song, I was like, "Please stop! It, it, it's too much." Now I can say that I don't hate the song. <laughs> it is definitely not a favorite of mine. Mm. I totally respect it now, and I listen to it now and again. You know, I'm sometimes in the mood for it. When it comes on shuffle, I'll listen to it for sure. I don't seek it out. It just wears on me. I actually counted how many times she says, look what you made me do in the song, and she says it almost 50 times. Mm. And that's including, like, the really soft, ooh, look what you, over the, um, Mm. hello, Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Like, leading up to it. So 50 times she says it. Mm, mm -hmm. It's a lot, so... That aside, I love the synths in this song. I love the whole production of it. It's wild and interesting. I love, okay, so there's this garbled kind of synth in the chorus the second time through that's like this, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. At at two minutes, 13 seconds, uh, after she says, ooh, look what you made me do, (laughs) (laughs) because that's all she says in the chorus, is is like a, and I love it. It's so good. And it happens a couple of times. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I love the build of each chorus. Each time they add a little bit more to it. So like the first time it's just the bass and like a basic bass drum. And then the second time through they add the kick in. So it's got the... Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then the last time through it's got like the high synths. The... As in the music video, she's walking away from the explosion with her cheetah, which is... We'll we'll get to that. that We talk about the bridges, how we love her bridges. I do not like this bridge. I feel like this is kind of like a covered bridge 
in Vermont that's like rickety. Oh my god! <laughs> um, as opposed to like the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, which mm. is a, which is a big bridge. Wow, shaded the Vermont bridges. Yeah. Well, no, no. If it, if it's a nice, well maintained covered bridge in Vermont, that's fine. But you don't want the ones that you feel like your car is going to okay. fall through. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, you know, obviously. Why, because she's dead, is the best moment maybe in all of Taylor Swift music. <laughs> and I will just say, overall, not my favorite on rep. Mm. Yeah. Gab, what do you think of this song? I think Look What You Made Me Do was a cultural reset. <laughs> and I do think it was a comeback of, like, epic proportions. So, you know, when I first heard the song, I was definitely surprised by it because it was so different. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, like, the repetition was like, huh, this is not so Taylor. Interesting. Mm. And I love the verses. But I did not understand when it first came out before, like, the lyric video and before the music video fully, what they made her do. That was, like, the first thing. And I know there were so many critics and, like, all these think pieces about it and, like, all this insanity. But when the bridge came and she killed the old Taylor, I totally got Mm -hmm. the song. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. she killed the old Taylor. Mm -hmm. I get it. And then, like, also, like, all the scrutiny and, like, the hate from the media made her kill the old Taylor and then come back stronger and Mm -hmm. tougher. And then, you know, I started to like the song even more when the really amazing lyric video came out that Mm. was like very Arya Stark, Mm -hmm. who's my girl. And then, you know, it really became everything when the music video was released. This is my favorite of her music videos. So for me, it's a little hard to separate the song from its meaning and from the video. But just to focus on the song a little, I think the intro is super cool and spooky and like kind of sets the vibe really well. And like, Leah, as you said, like that darker vibe that was totally different for the Reputation era. And then like, I also like her voice is kind of like deeper or like breathy in it, Mm. in the verse. Mm -hmm. And I really like that. And then I agree. I love how the production builds with each verse. And then Mm -hmm. obviously it's such a fun dance song. And like, it just makes you want to like shake your hips, basically. Mm -hmm. And I like the pre-chorus a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. The pre-chorus is really I think it's great. After Locked Me Out and Through a Feast, I love the little, what? Yeah. It's one of like my favorite little moments. Mm-hmm. Love all the spoken moments. It's not my like favorite song on Reputation, but with the video and like everything that led up, it's my favorite release of hers, I think, ever. It was just such an exciting time. And I think like also because like say like because you didn't understand it, it even fed in more where I'm like, Mm-mm, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get to get come. It. Also though, like I don't regret that at no. all. <laughs> No, nor should you. Nor should you. You probably had a much better time with Gina than you would have with me. Like, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Devin, do you relate to Look What You Made Me Do? So the thing that I relate to most in this song is the line, I don't like your tilted stage. (laughs) And the reason why I relate to that, I will ask a question. Have any of you ever danced or performed on a raked stage before? Uh, Leah, have you? I don't think I have. Well, listeners, um, that's the pits. <laughs> and really, really hard on your legs. Because it's like, it, you know, stages typically, or modern day stages, are flat, you know, mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. you're able to just walk across. Rake stages, like in old opera houses, have an incline to them. So they're literally tilted stages. Wow. And you have to maintain your balance on said tilted stage. So say you're trying to do like pirouettes and stuff. It's a it, tilted it, stage. way harder. So I also do not like tilted stages. 
I hate performing on tilted stages. And Taylor, I totally get you. I understand that that isn't the point <laughs> of that line. <laughs> but that's how I interpret it. I can't it. believe that's your relate to. That's so funny. <laughs> then that's where I'm going to go with this. I, I think that that's another reason why this song originally never really spoke to me is because yeah. I do not relate to it. Mm. I've never had something like that happened to me where I have had all of this horrible stuff said about me where I have to totally do a reset of myself and go and, you know, feel like I have to become someone totally different yeah. to to overcome this image of me. But then also, like, this song is such a take back of her image as mm-hmm. well. And she's taking back a hold of the narrative and being like, whatever, guys, like... You can say whatever you want about me, but I'll be the first one to say them about myself, and I can make fun of myself all I want, and I am who I am, and I'm stronger for it, and look at all of these people who are here to watch me perform. Yeah. And so I think like what you said with the music video, this song is kind of all just synonymous with all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't really pull any of the things that Look What You Made Me Do is apart from each other. Yeah. They're all like the same cultural moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Leah, what about you? Do you relate to Look What You Made Me Do? I feel like there are some lyrical zingers in this song. Not that I like super relate to them and not that they're super profound, just the way they're worded is so spectacular. Like, I love, I don't like your perfect crime, how you laugh when you lie. I'm like, that pertains to so many people in my life who like I've had conflict with what you were saying before Gab about the intro to the song was really interesting to hear because I actually wrote that down in my notes before when the song first started I remember the first time I heard it I was like what is going like is this a Halloween album like Mm -hmm. it has this kind of like creepy circus meets let's see it like haunted fairy tale house yeah yeah, and it was just really I feel like there's this general discussion about her lead singles kind of leading people astray but I feel like this was such a departure from shake it off being the lead single for 1989 or like we are never ever getting back together being the lead single for red it just like I think people were really scared. I remember people saying to me, like, I I don't like her new music. And I'm like, Mm. but I don't think we know the full story yet. Yeah. Yeah, completely. So I was so excited to, like, have something to hold me over until the album came out and until, like, the other releases. Like, I know she released Ready For It, like, maybe, like, a few weeks later. But, yeah, I think there's nothing that I super, like, relate to about it, but there are just, like, some zingers that I love and also some things about, like, taking back the narrative. And also, I remember people calling this, like, her comeback track, and I'm like, she didn't, like... She's not like Madonna. Like, I don't know. I just like yeah. really had a problem with it. And I think yeah. it's because it was, like, the longest she had gone between album cycles ever. Yeah. 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 And we were like, Taylor's comeback track. And I'm like, I mean, like, I've, I've been following very closely, like, since she's been hiding from the media. So it was, it was interesting to, like, be a super fan during this time and also read about public perception of this track mm. and, and its production yeah. and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's, like, kind of my relate because I don't directly relate to the song. But, like, as a Swifty... And, like, I called myself during that time, like, a Taylor Swift apologist, basically. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, it was such a hard time to be a Taylor yeah. fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember just constantly defending her. And then all these articles coming out and then people talking about yeah. the articles. And, like, it wasn't a cool time to be a Swifty. And everyone yeah. was, like, kind of making fun of the whole, like, right said Fred 
yes. part of the song. Mm. I think that like defending her and then also like the the singles that came out following too they you were like okay like i'm starting to understand what this is about and then like especially call it what you want really spoke to me because she released that like early not as a single but like as a lyric video single kind of and so like just the rollout of that kind of figuring out what reputation was i think that process and like the defensiveness like even to people who were taylor swift fans I think it made me feel very, like, protective over reputation. And I think a lot of the fandom is, like, feels like that, especially that went through it. Because, you know, there was the crazy takedown on the internet. And then suddenly, like, you're defending her, but no one wants to hear it because it's, like, not cool to hear it. Mm-hmm. And and it's, yeah, it got, like, pretty crazy. And so I was like, you know what? Like, this song might not be exactly my style, but I want to see what she's going to do with it. Right. And then the music video came out, and I was like... <laughs> Okay. I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah. I also think about the way people have talked about this album in general and like this character she kind of this like persona that she created to to mm. deal with that time in her life. But I also almost think about Look What You Made Me Do as like the armor for like the really like beautiful parts of the album. She's like, you have yes. to like you have to like try to understand it first before you can like get the rest of the tracks. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with that. Yeah, because because you're right. You don't get you don't get some of those really deep emotional tracks until further into the album. You have to you know get through the the first parts. You know, ready for it, an end game where she's like this persona, mm-hmm. and she's and then you get oh, by the time you get to New Year's Day, you're just like, oh. <laughs> I'm just like crying. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will also say it was, I, I think one of the reasons why and and I think you nailed it on the head too of like why this album was so jarring and especially this song was so jarring coming out of 1989 and Leah like you said it, the, that drought and and then what 1989 was and and you know like the the pop that 1989 had and it was so accessible to like pretty yeah. much everybody yeah I mean mm-hmm. that was really the first time I really listened to like a full Taylor Swift album yeah. was 1989 because it was pop and and also my brother introduced it to me and so I was like <laughs> oh if my brother thinks it's cool like I think it's cool yeah. too you know <laughs> that was the Taylor Swift that I like what you know got into mm. and then look what you made me do happened and I was like wait this doesn't sound anything yeah. like what I just listened to. Mm, mm-hmm. I, what? And so I didn't get it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but now now I feel like I've just been enlightened and I am so much better for it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay, so Leah, we're going to go, I think, scene by scene in the music video. And so then just like interject, like I'm going to set the scene of what it looks like and then interject like how you feel about it, what you like about it, you same with you, like... For sure. We'll just we're just gonna go through it because there's so much to it, and I bet I'll miss things even. Sure. So first, for some context, the music video was directed by Joseph Kahn, our guy, Devin's guy, <laughs> my guy. Devin loves Joseph Kahn, and then the dance was choreographed by Tice Diorio, who had previously worked with Taylor on the Shake It Off music video. Taylor had has said that part of the premise of the video is rooted in the idea that. If everything the media wrote about me was true, this is how ridiculous it would look. It's a satirical send-up of media theories about her true intentions that have little validity. She basically claps back at every single criticism of her. Oh, so good. This is one of the best music videos ever. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go scene by scene. because, yeah. like, and before we get into it, what? I do have to say, okay, everyone needs to go and watch on YouTube. Video editor reacts to Taylor Swift, Look What You Made Me Do. Okay. 
this guy has some wild takes on Joseph Kahn's masterpiece. Oh. Like, and and explains some really cool things in the video. Oh. Like, for instance, like, that slowdown moment of her crashing the car is in opposite with how the actual chorus is going. So it's like, ooh, look what you made me do. But the visual is slow motion, and so it pulls the focus even further to, like, the car. It's, like, really interesting stuff. So he talks about it from, like, a film editor. He's a professional film editor, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so... I love that. I also need you both to know that I went back through my tweets to find my live reaction no. <gasps> to I this music it. video. Okay. Oh my god. Because it premiered at the VMAs mm-hmm. in 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so funny because I am so chaotic. Oh my god. Okay, so you have we to like hear read all of those. Yeah. So like when the if the tweet applies to the scene <laughs> we have to hear it. Yeah, you got it. All right, oh my so gosh. should we start from the beginning? The first one was why isn't it on YouTube yet? <laughs> That's a classic. (laughs) That's amazing. You're like, I need to live tweet this, okay? (laughs) You're all invited to the viewing party. Yes. (laughs) The first scene. So the video opens with a zombie tailor crawling out of a grave, wearing the dress from the Out of the Woods music video with a headstone that reads, Here lies Taylor Swift's reputation. Already amazing. Yeah. In this scene also appears a tombstone for Nils Schoberg, which is Taylor's pseudonym on Calvin Harris's This Is What You Came For. Ugh. And that caused much Twitter drama with Calvin when it was revealed that Taylor was Nils Schoberg. And then Zombie Taylor appears to be digging a grave for a Taylor dressed in her 2014 Met Gala gown. Oof. So this is scene one. Just so good. <laughs> okay, I'm going to chime in quickly here. So I love when she says, I don't like your tilted stage and she pulls the headstone and all the other headstones come upright that is like one of my favorite parts in the entire music video so good i also love before we even get to the graveyard you have the aerial view mm. and the tombstones are arranged in, in ts yep i didn't even notice that yeah. Oh yeah okay that's amazing see that's why we have to go scene by scene because yeah. there's stuff i'm sure yeah. i missed it, it's, that's it's amazing so good. i also always think of and i can't remember it and i'm trying to find it on twitter right now but when it was revealed that Calvin Harris had actually collaborated with Taylor on that track, he like went on this really it's like very Yeah funny in the in the Swifty like crazy Twitter fandom. Mm-hmm. They're like, LOL, like Calvin Harris's meltdown when this happened is like top ten on Twitter. But he says something, he's like, I know you're trying to bury everyone, like me, Katie, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Interesting, because now she's burying herself. Yes, I remember yeah. those tweets. He deleted them. I remember because mm. yes, we wrote about them on one of our episodes. The screenshots exist. I just don't know where they are. And he does say the bury. That's amazing. And she's in the graveyard. Oh, so good, <laughs> so good. I love her. Oh wait, I found it. He says, "I know you're off tour, and you need someone new to try and bury, like Katie ETC." But I'm not that guy. Sorry, I won't allow it. <laughs> the worst. Oh, the he's drama the worst. of it all. It was, that was like very dramatic, and he was just piling on too at that point. Like, get over yourself. Oh. Okay, are we ready for the next scene? Scene two. Okay. This amazing cut into scene two. Again, this video yeah, where she's guy in, talks about it. In the grave. In the grave, and then flash of lightning, and then she's in the bathtub with the jewels. So good. Yeah. So she's in the bathtub filled with diamonds. And there's a necklace that's spelling out no next to a ring, which is supposedly sending up rumors of past relationships. And the bathtub is filled with $10 million worth of Neil Lane diamonds. How do you know that? 
So, well, I know that because it was... Because she's Gossip Gal. Oh. <laughs> but how do you know it's $10 million? Oh, so there were articles written about it because Neil Lane loves publicity. You may oh. know him from The yes, Bachelor. The Bachelor, of course. <laughs> he personally loaned the diamonds for the shoot. Yeah, no, Neil Lane did all the sorts of little interviews with Us Weekly and stuff. Oh, I gotcha. Because he wants to be okay. like, those are my diamonds. Gotcha. Then she's also wearing two snake rings in this scene. And then the bathtub is a response to the media statements teasing Taylor that she cries in a marble bathtub surrounded by pearls, which Mm. is something she talked about when she played Blank Space at the Grammy Museum, the acoustic Blank Space. Such a good performance. I'm waiting for them to release the rest of those performances because we're missing like three songs. Yeah. Like, why why can't they? Please. That was such a, oh, so good. It was like a five or six track set. And I'm like, when will you give me all you had to do was stay acoustic? Yes. That was the one we talked about. (laughs) We talked about that. I'm like, come on. Like two years ago. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was all you had to do was stay was one of our first episodes. And then notably in the bathtub scene, there is a single dollar bill in the bathtub that symbolizes the dollar that she countersued for and was awarded for winning the sexual assault trial that was earlier in 2017. Right. Yeah. The symbolic dollar bill. There's something on the top left, when it's like more aerial of her in the bathtub, there are three watches arranged, and I don't know what it means, and it's been bothering me for Hmm. like five years. Yeah, like (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) Because they're like arranged, like one is... One is like, it's almost like a trident. Yeah, any anyone listening, if you know what that means, yeah. let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be stuff that people like have picked up on that oh, we yeah, did. So let us sure. know, guys, on Instagram in the comments. Okay, so also in this scene, in the <laughs> bathtub, she's singing in the bathtub and, you know, she has like the, the diamonds like in her mouth and she's like smiling and she's like, you laugh when you lie, that like fun little look that she does. Mm-hmm. So you'll see that it pans to the mirrors behind her and the reflection of her does the double clap Mm, so you laugh when you lie Ah. and then and then when uh when she does the gun there's the flash of the of the gun when she does the gun too so good and again i'm kind of like stealing so many of these things from that video editor reacts that's okay you you credited him (laughs) i did i credited him but he pulled my attention to these i'm like oh my god that's so cool anyway continue i mean girl loves a double clap oh yeah i love it how many How many double claps does she have in her in her repertoire? Too many. So good. So many double but claps. But like not enough at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Too many and also not enough. Yeah. Okay, next scene. So next Taylor is on a golden throne surrounded by snakes wearing this gorgeous red dress with snake rings, snake necklace, and then a snake even serves her tea. The snake serving tea is so funny. It's so <laughs> good. Yeah. Yeah. And also like... Like, I would never even think of that. It's so, it's so good. And I love in the behind the scenes of the video when Joseph Kahn was telling her that there were going to be snakes there. She's like, wait, not, not real snakes, right? And he was like, no, 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 they're going to be CGI snakes. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Yeah. Serving, serving her piping hot tea. It's so, so good. It's so good. And then at the top of the throne, there's a carving of the phrase et tu brute from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar, a quote. That was said after the ultimate mm-hmm. betrayal. And I think it, this could be directed at numerous people in Taylor's life at this time. And, you know, there were many people who were close to her that betrayed her kind of when her reputation started going down. Yeah. For me, I think the ultimate at Tu Brute was Carly Kloss. Carly. But I don't know if that had happened yet at this point, the falling out. I think yes. Like before the video, like I think. I love her face at the end of the scene before we switch to the next one. She's like... 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like makes the most dramatic. Oh, and she pose. she like pushes forward. She's like, oh, and her yeah, exactly. <laughs> her acting in general in this video it's, it's is amazing. stellar. Also, she just looks fantastic. Like every look is distinct and stunning. Yeah, and I love yeah. it. It's so good. Yeah. Okay, so next it goes right into the scene Devin was talking about before, where Taylor crashes a gold Bugatti Bayron as she holds a Grammy and paparazzi take photos. This was speculated by some to be a jab at Katy Perry because her hairstyle, I think, was similar Mm -hmm. to Perry's in the scene. And then also the video's theme of mocking the media and, like, the car crash as they're, like, taking pictures is also kind of making fun of the theory that her real fallout with Katy Perry was dramatized for publicity and album material. Mm. Like, that was another criticism Mm. of her. I think... Some of her 1989 tour dancers are the paparazzi Ooh, in that scene. That's cool. Mm. I think it's Christian who's also been in, he was also in the Lover music video. Oh, the King, King of My Heart dancer, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this scene is like the most disputed one. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's like general wide consensus about what she's actually alluding to. Mm. But yeah. I also kind of feel like that's the point. Yeah. Mm. Like the car crash... Feels very red. The fact that she's holding the Grammy feels like like an allusion to red as well. But then again, I'm like, well, why would it be a Bugatti and not a Maserati? Like, yeah, right? <laughs> which one? Pick the luxury car. Well, apparently someone said, and I don't know if this is true because I don't know cars, but there was a Bugatti in one of Katie's music videos that Joseph Kahn also directed. Oh, wow. So, but. Maybe I, he likes I Bugattis. Know. I mean, I've never car. heard of that car before. There's in some some lyric of some. I've never, song. ever heard of that. I didn't realize that was a thing. Well, we're not car people. No. And then also I forgot to mention Devin's favorite part, which is the cheetah. The cheetah <laughs> the in the car. The cheetah in the car. <laughs> On the leash. Just, so oh, no, extra. no, that's later. That's later when, when she walks away from the explosion with the cheetah on the yeah. leash. That is my favorite part. Oh, then part. maybe... Maybe it's this scene then where you see like the cheetah's collar has a 13 on it or something. Yeah, mm. yeah. There, it's, there's, it's, oh, there's always yeah. something. Yeah. In this scene, when she's like there with her Grammy and she's like, uh, you could like the cheetah's just hanging out in the passenger seat. Yeah. You know? I'm like, <laughs> what? It's amazing. Joseph Kahn with his animals in the music. Do you think videos. that that's, oh, do you think that that's an allusion to Roar? I mean, oh, could be. Maybe. A lot of people, like, think that this is, like, a Katy Perry-focused scene. For sure. I also think, though, like, just this idea of, like, her crashing a car and them just standing there taking pictures of it. Just this idea of, like, things are falling apart, crashing, and, like, everyone's just watching and, like, writing about it. Yeah. You know? That idea. There was an interview she did about Easter eggs for the Lover album. And in one of the scenes, she's like, the whole video is an Easter egg, and there are some that people still haven't found, and it will be decades before we, before they find them all. Wow. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm going to be like senile. <laughs> be like, wait, I just figured out, yeah. figured out what the watch is meant. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing too that's interesting because this song is such a send up of what people say about her, but we're also trying to figure out what it, yep. she's meaning in the songs that there's probably so many different hidden layers. Mm. Okay, are we ready for the next one? Oh yeah. So then Taylor's on a swing in a giant gold cage this one, I think she's wearing orange. I don't know. I just like the different colors. Mm-hmm. Like, she looks so good. It's like a prison, sexy prison. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and she's kind of doing the Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend kind of thing with the swing. Oh, and the swing. You That's know, true. The Moulin Rouge-esque. 
Ooh, kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't seen it that way, but yeah, I see that. And then she also, you know, in, more recently has referred to celebrity life as like being in a cage. And she showed that in the Willow music video, there was like when she's the performer trapped in the mm-hmm. glass box. Yeah. Um, and she had said like, there's a scene that makes that is how I feel about celebrity or like po- like being famous or yeah. whatever. So I feel like the cage is also part of that. Yeah. Totally. As soon as I like lifted my first full listen through of Reputation and what is that song? And so it goes and she says gold cage hostage to my feelings. Mm. I'm like, maybe that was actually an Easter, like partly an Easter egg for so it the lyric that we hadn't heard yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yeah. could be. I mean, she definitely did that in the music videos during this era. So that that totally yeah. could be. And I love her sitting at the table with her champagne and then a lobster on, <laughs> on her knife. She just is holding up this, like... Six pound lobster, and she's like, Yeah, your feast, you yeah, it's just like so good, it's so good, like just ridiculous. Isn't there a rat too in this scene? Oh, oh I, don't know. I haven't noticed the rat on the table. I might be making that up, I but I think there is. Oh my god, we gotta watch again. Another look, look. that look. scene moves so I love fast. how you're calling this scene by scene, and I'm like, No, 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 we're going frame by frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> every yeah. section. I like kept pausing certain things, and I was like, Wait, I know there's something here, I need to see it. <laughs> And I yeah. think that the guys that are surrounding the cage are her dancers later in the music video. Um, yes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So then we're in a vault of a streaming company where Taylor is robbing the company in <laughs> cat masks so with friends. Unreal. <laughs> and I think the scene hints at her withdrawal of her entire music catalog from streaming services. And then the media's claims that she was doing this for greed or to start her own streaming company. And, you know, my take is she was simply fighting to get artists paid fairly for streams. Mm-hmm. But the group of robbers also then appear to be in like a motorcycle gang, which is kind of reminiscent of like bad blood, like the leather and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then I just love like the costume in this scene. She's got yeah. like this tiger sweater on. And it's, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just such a crazy and those cat scene. Masks so are much so Gucci. Good. Yeah. I think in this scene, too, on one of the shelves, there's an empty box. And people have always assumed that that was, like, because there had been rumors about her, like, potential engagement to Calvin Harris. So, I like, that's how I always understood, mm. like, that call out. Mm-hmm. Because it's, like, literally an open, empty, like, jewelry box. Oh. So, perhaps. Oh. Taylor, can you confirm? <laughs> Taylor, so Tree? when you come on the podcast, we're going to have to ask you. <laughs> All of these questions. She'll never tell us. She'll never tell us. Yeah. I bet there are some, too, that she's even forgotten. That, like, were oh, Easter eggs, but it was so many years ago that... And it's like, what does this mean? What did I do here? <laughs> when this music video came out, I probably could have, like, written a full dissertation on it. Yeah. And yeah. watching it in the past few days leading up to this call, I'm like... I used to, like, I could tell you, like, break this into a grid and tell you frame by frame, and, like, now I can't remember. Yeah. But it'll come back to me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it's also so crazy, like, the different, like, Googling I'm doing to get the research of what each person thinks and stuff. And, yeah. Okay, so then, this is my personal favorite scene. Well, no, the end is. This is one of mine. So then we are in Squad U, where it looks like Taylor is manufacturing identical gorgeous robot friends. And, you know, this is a send up of the media criticisms of Taylor's squad. And the media criticized that, you know, the friendships were fake or advantageous because Taylor was popular or the unattainable beauty of the friends. And they would often say that Taylor was like collecting models, basically. Yep. And even the term 
Instagram squad, which like I even started using. Like yeah. everyone was calling their friends everyone. squads. It came from I think her just posting that swan photo and saying swan goals instead of squad. That scene did things to me. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, and they're like Barbie dolls and they're all taken apart. Yeah. And she, she's also just so hot in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that scene is partly responsible for like the lesbian Swifty awakening of the past like three, four oh, years. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> and at the end when she's like, oh, again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And she's like in leather. She's like dressed like a dominatrix. Yes. Yes. Like she's got it's, the, with the, the color. Whip. She's yeah. got the whip. Yeah. It's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love as it's zooming in on her in that scene, the like graphics on the side. It's her cat, right? Yeah, well, yes. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like splits flips between squad. Squad and you and then cats. <laughs> yeah, like as if that's like the logo for squad you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I it's amazing. She's so good. It's so oh that scene is just And then stuff. Joseph Kahn was just like, Yeah, yeah, let, let's do that. That's a great idea. <laughs> She's like, and now here I need cats. Like, I just, can you just picture, like, a meeting with her where she's like, and now can we put this little thing in the corner here? <laughs> like, it must be crazy. And we'll just be like, yeah, yeah, sure. My tweet in response to Squad is, I just screamed so loud! <laughs> <laughs> I was on this couch alone watching that video when it happened, so, like, I'm, I'm trying to really put myself back mm. in I, That moment, I was like, no, she didn't. I'm like, yes! Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, because people were so critical of that. And I was like, guys, like, she didn't have a lot of friends in high school. I'm just happy for her, okay? <laughs> like, let her have beautiful friends. Also, it's like when you're famous, like, how do you meet people? Like, they're all beautiful. So that's just how it is. Okay, next scene. We're then in a gorgeous mansion room with a group of men who are kind of all falling over themselves as Taylor, like, stomps into the room, mm-hmm. basically taking charge. One of the dancers is Taylor's good friend and musician, Tadric Hall. And the dancers then reveal crop tops that read, I heart TS, which mocks the idea that Taylor forced her then boyfriend, Tom Hiddleston, to wear the I heart TS tank top that he was photographed in on the 4th of July. Ridiculous. When she sold that as merch. It's like, I can't. It's so good. I, it's, I don't even have words. I want to make one for Devin to wear. <laughs> to wear on like Halloween. It has to be cropped though. Yeah, it has to be cropped. Oh, like, always, it has yeah. to be cropped. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. For sure. So then we see Taylor standing on the top of a wing of a plane in an airport hangar, oh. sawing off the wing of the plane and spray painting reputation in pink on the side of it. <laughs> I just have to say that's another one of my favorite moments. She's just on there with a chainsaw sawing off the wing of her airplane. It's just like, what? <laughs> I don't, I guess. Like, for why? Yeah, like. It's so, ins- I guess it's kind of like this whole idea that she's like, unhinged and, and she can do like, anything yeah at any moment <laughs> and so then she's seen standing on a t-shaped throne while clones of herself dressed in costumes of past music videos stage performances red carpet appearances struggle and fight against each other trying to reach her you know it kind of like emphasizes like the killing of the old taylor because they're all dressed as old taylors the you belong with me taylor who's wearing the junior jewels t-shirt it's different than the original one because it has names of her current close friends on it so it's kind of like how a lot of us started figuring out like who she's still on good terms with oh and like God. who betrayed her yeah Whoa. so the ones that i like found on the internet and like it's so it happened so fast yeah. there's so many pausing but selena gomez Gigi hadid martha hunt lily aldridge lena dunham blake lively ryan reynolds heim ed sheeran and Todrick hall and wow. i'm sure there are others on there i didn't realize that. but we also know these are all people she's still friends with which is pretty interesting my tweet in response to Taylor Mountain 
was OMFGB because I typed it. (laughs) I think I like sank into my couch (laughs) when that happened. I, I think first of all, from like a fashion standpoint, I was so excited that all of these looks had been like actually kept somewhere and that she could access them and use them for this video. But watching all of those body doubles and all of the fashion and like everything from the hair, like to the makeup, like it was so incredibly well done. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, I never, I never thought that this would happen. Yeah. It was amazing. Like just like seeing them. And I remember first watching, I'm like, oh my God, there's that one. Never. I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) And you pick up on a new one every single time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so And then when she, when she hits and they're all falling slowly off of yep. it. Yeah. It's so good. It's, ugh. And then the interspersing of her on the phone with that bright red lipstick, you know, just like, uh, Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because <laughs> she's dead. The delivery of that line is just <laughs> everything. It's everything. Yeah. It, it's so, it's so good. Yeah. And even the way it's edited and like the actual delivery of like physically from her mouth is so interesting to watch because she's so she's like I'm just going 150% on this like let's make this as dramatic as we possibly can absolutely and the the sync up between the two like it really looks like she's saying it and that is a super close-up of her lips Hmm. so it's like she had to do that perfectly and they had to sync that right in time like that's not easy. No. That like really, really, really good. Yeah. Oh. And then the the flash of that last oh before she goes into the final look what mm-hmm. you need to do where it flashes to her as the zombie tailor again yeah. with the lightning. Just, like just scares the crap out of me every single time. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, right, Taylor. Yeah. Well, Zombie Taylor's face is terrifying. Scary. Yes. Scary. Everyone told me they were really scared to watch the video. I was like, this is my Olympics. Yeah. This is everything I've ever wanted. I was like, <laughs> it really is. It really You're truly like, is. I can't get through it. It's too scary. I was like, someone told me that. My friend's little sister. I was like, no, 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 no. He's like not a zombie fan. Wow. <laughs> I think I was just kind of like taking everything and, and like screaming every second. Screaming. <laughs> okay, so then we're back with the male dancers and they do this amazing choreographed dance. And I think it really showcases like Taylor's new dance skills reputation because, you know, she had danced before and loved dancing, but, you know, she was always like sometimes like awkward in her dancing and like in reputation, she's like, I am a woman and I'm going to like move my yeah. hands. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like that was, I remember that feeling like new for this time. For sure. I mean, I feel like she always was kind of dragged for her dancing at award shows, too. And people would, like, make fun of her. And she was so funny about it, though. Like, she would call it, like, the mom croon or something. Mm. Like, she had funny names for all these moves. And then she was like, okay, well, I'm going to dress super hot and do this amazing choreographed dance. And everyone was like, yes. And I feel like that was another moment where instead of, like, kind of dramatizing everything that had already been dramatized about her in the media. She's like, I'm going to take this back and, like, I'm mm-hmm. actually going to, sh- like, show you a new, like, talent and skill that I have. Yeah. yeah. And it's amazing, too, just even, like, the bodysuits of this era and the tour and all the costumes and, like, the dancing. It's just amazing. Yeah. 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 And then, I mean, Delicate, like, she goes and does that music video, too, and she dances in that whole music mm-hmm. video, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, she totally went up a notch in that in that sense and for fun fact for Tice Diorio who is the choreographer if mm-hmm. any of you have seen the documentary Every Little Step which is the chorus line mm. um, thing he's in it and oh. he was auditioning for that show and the, and he it, it's very very interesting you get a little background into him oh that's cool yeah 
We watched um, that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. And then this is also the moment where she is walking away from the explosion with yeah. the cheetah. Oh, with the and cheetah. Yeah. She's fla- it's flashing through yeah. all the past scenes. And it, it's it's my favorite scene of anything ever. So then the video concludes with this is my I think my favorite scene in a Taylor Swift video ever. In with a scene of a lineup of Taylors in the airplane hangar. And the clones are fighting with one another, calling out different things that critics have said about Taylor, calling her surprised face annoying, describing her as so fake and playing the victim, calling out the that bitch lyric, which we'll talk about later, um, as well as the idea of getting receipts. And then the 2009 VMA Taylor, yep. which is the Taylor that she's wearing the dress when Kanye interrupted her acceptance speech. She then says... I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, (laughs) which was in her notes app response on Instagram following the leaked video footage. And then all the other tailors yell at her to shut up in unison. Wild. It's everything. I just, that part where she's like, because even the things like people love to talk about the surprise face. Like critics never gave that up. Even Kristen Wiig did that as Taylor Swift on Saturday Night Live. The, they, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. You know? So just like so, like she's like, I know all these criticisms, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, be all to the punch, or like I know the about him or whatever. I love it, and just seeing Taylor saying those criticisms to Taylor, it's just like everything. To which I tweeted, I have never been so shook from a music video. <laughs> it's so good. That was also my favorite thing to say at that time. I just liked going, I would very much like to be excluded from this get narrative. Out. Get, get out of here. <laughs> like, oh, I would yeah. say it all the time. <laughs> no, and yeah. sometimes people would get it. Like, like Gina would always get it. And then sometimes, like, other people, like, just wouldn't. And I'm like, this is my favorite thing to say. Before we move on, I think that we, each of us need to rate the music video. Out of what scale? Out of a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, this music video is 10, 10, 10, 10, yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Epic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 13,000. 13, 13, 13, so we did on Patreon, we did a ranking mm. of our, of the Taylor Swift music videos, okay? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure you had this as number two. And I had blank spaces as We one. both had blank spaces. Are you calling one. me out? Did I'm I? Calling Are you, you sure? Out. Yep. Yep. Really? I'm calling you Is out. Is it because I like the song of blank space more? I think so. I think that's why. I love that video too. What's so funny about it though is like, when you think about the message she's trying to send for They're both pretty much the same, not that yeah. Different. Yeah, one is just way more extra. <laughs> I would say both of them are pretty freaking extra. I mean I mean Blake Space oh, she's sure. sitting sobbing next to a, a goat. So. No, it's a deer. It's oh, not sorry, a goat. It's a deer. You always called it a goat. It's a deer. <laughs> sorry. And sorry, that's also maybe my favorite I, that ties with the cheetah walking away from the explosion from so one of my favorite scenes. Good. You're probably confusing it from the the goat. For that, I knew you were trouble yeah. on YouTube. Being. Potentially. So good. Potentially. Goat, that it is. It's is a deer. So good. I apologize. I, I, I love all the creatures. And the... I, I do. I think, I think both of these music videos just show how unbelievably unhinged Taylor actually is. Yeah. <laughs> She's, but and like in the best way. How wildly creative. Yes. And like, yeah. I just love like the, I guess I love Taylor like taking the narrative. Like that's just my favorite. Yeah. And I feel like, I remember, actually, before the song was released, Perez Hilton had tweeted, like, 
apparently there's like a big drop in in the lyrics and it's something about taylor swift being dead and i was like no it's not and then i was like oh my god (laughs) she she went there I always think about that line specifically because I remember when she released 1989, there was so much. I think she was concerned that her fans would think that, like, she would lose her, like, lyrical integrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, she went to pop. If she went to pop. Yeah. And, like, now having this be the first track for, for, like, 1989 follow-up was just really fascinating from that perspective. But when I think about, like, burying the old Taylor... I feel like from a marketing standpoint, it's it's really funny and smart and like the way they're even remarketing that now for like, like getting ready for more re-releases in the future. It's also just interesting to think about like the old Taylor who like wouldn't make fun of herself and like took herself too seriously and wouldn't stick up for herself. And then what she did and however long this song is, is like so opposite from the perception the media had always had of her. Yeah. Mm. It's just so good. Mm. Like that's it's just it's amazing. And I think that's why it's like the best like you know she disappeared for this amount of time and then reappeared and like she was like okay, I'm going like, to I'm going to share it all. Yeah. yeah. Reborn. <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, now it's time for the segment of gossip. So delving back into all the 2016 drama is not so fun. And we've previously talked about it on the podcast, but I think it's very important, especially for this episode, to provide context for everything that happened that caused Taylor to go into hiding and then kind of come back with, look what you made me do. Here we go. In 2016, Kanye West released a song called Famous, which had the lyrics, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Which Taylor publicly spoke out against, uh, notably in her Grammy-winning speech for Album of the Year, and specifically the line where he called her a bitch and said he made her famous. She said, as the first woman to win a Grammy for Album of the Year twice, which she's now won three times, I want to say to all the young women out there, there will be people along the way who try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame. But if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get where you're going, you'll look around and you'll know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there. And that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. That's what she said. Uh, Kind of that was like her kind of comeback. And obviously Team Kanye did not take well to this. And on July 17th, 2016, Kim Kardashian released an edited version of a video of Kanye speaking with Taylor on the phone in which she gives approval for the lyric, I think me and Taylor might still have sex, but not the other lyric, which was the one that she took issue with. I was at a Coldplay concert when this happened. Oh, no. And I was on the floor of Secaucus Junction waiting for a train. And everyone's like, did you see this is what happened on Keeping Up With The Kardashians? And then she posted this and then Taylor responded. I was like, I literally have 0% battery and I have to get home. <laughs> <laughs> and it's now 1230 in the morning and I'm on the floor of Secaucus Junction. You're so like, I can't do this. You're like, I need to address this tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so the video was released on Snapchat, which is very funny in hindsight, in conjunction with an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians that were discussing the video airing. What preceded was a complete internet turn on Taylor, known as the Taylor Swift is over party, where millions of people posted snake emojis on Taylor's account, and she was called a fake and a liar. Taylor, uh, in her notes app, asked to be excluded from the narrative that she didn't start with Kim and Kanye, 
and eventually ended up deleting all her posts from her Instagram account and going into hiding for a little over a year. Mm. This is kind of like the long story short version-ish. Check out that episode from last week. Yeah. The video footage was pretty incriminating, but it also didn't show Taylor approving the line that she actually took issue with, but no one on the internet really cared. So I'm going to keep talking about the lead up to the video, but as a side note, in 2020, the full footage of the video was leaked and showing it had been edited, clearing Taylor's name four years after it mattered. Yeah. In the middle of lockdown, too. Yeah. So bizarre. Yeah. Crazy, too, because I I actually remember I watched this episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians because my roommate watched the show. And just, like, when this was all happening, like, it just felt like the worst ever. And I feel like people were texting me and I was, like, reading Twitter like a crazy person. And it was really rough. Well, now it's so funny, too, because one of the lines that Kris Jenner says in that episode is, like, a very popular TikTok sound. It's like, Mm. why don't what if you just called Taylor? (laughs) And now everybody (laughs) is using that on TikTok. Like, like if only you knew what it was like to be in the Swifty trenches when that episode came out. Just really nuts. So, you know, and regardless of the truth of the leaked video, in hindsight, the damage it did on Taylor's reputation was massive and it led to a major shift in her life leaving the public eye for over a year and then really starting to care less about what the media said about her and more about the people who you know stayed loyal by her were her true friends and then also her loyal fans and like those who stuck through with her like it created i think like this stronger bond of like okay these are actually my people Mm -hmm. which is what i think like was the feeling of the reputation tour like she sold out a stadium tour when she was what like canceled like nuts look what you made me do was the first single that taylor released after this tumultuous time the rollout was super fantastic i have so Uh, much to say about this It's so good. Okay, good. So after deleting all her social media, Taylor returned to Instagram on August 21st, 2017 with a distorted video of a snake or like a piece of a snake. And then she proceeded to post different images that created this snake leading up to the release of Look What You Made Me Do on August 24th. Wow. So, Leah, tell me your thoughts as the snake appeared and when the social media went dark and everything. I think also (laughs) crucial in this timeline is... She had just won the sexual assault trial, like, a few days earlier. I think maybe, like, August 16th or something. I'm just, I only know this because this was, like, a very dark time for me emotionally, summer 2017. And I remember dramatically tweeting things that, like, I was actually really serious about. But now I laugh at myself when I'm like, I need a new Taylor Swift double more than I need Evie to breathe. But I was <laughs> in Puerto Rico with a friend, and we were sitting at brunch when she posted the first clip of the snake. And I was like, but then we were on this like coastal walk in san juan when the whole grid changed and she announced the album name and the cover and that the lead single would be out tomorrow night and i screenshotted it and i still have the screenshot but it's funny because i think this is my most viral tweet ever and i have a picture of the grid and i said where were you when this happened (laughs) you know exactly where you were 170 quote tweets so I'm like, I made it, y'all. Yes. <laughs> but it, like, I just think everyone was so confused. And I think the timing of it all was so fascinating, given what had just, like, her assault trial was so public. And so for this to be the first sound and vibe to release after all of these things in conjunction was just, like, a fascinating marketing move. 
I think I'm still recovering. <laughs> well, you know, it's fascinating because, like, okay, the whole snake thing, like, I hate snakes. Yeah. Like, I just, I just I really do. I've actually mostly learned that recently at a, on a bachelorette party. And this was in New Orleans. So there were like a snake, it was a snake out, like a performer. And they put it around my friend's neck. And I proceeded to start like dry heaving and crying, like, just because the oh, snake no. was around her neck. So I was like, wow, I guess I hate snakes. But so I was like, oh gosh, like this snake, what is this? Like, I knew that obviously yeah. it had to do with the emojis yeah. and everything. But I was like, not like ready. For, to wear snakes and now at this place in my life like I still don't like snakes like the actual animal but I'm like I'm like so sad I didn't buy the freaking snake rings I'm like that was such a time oh, do you want like mine? where are my snake rings <laughs> did you want <laughs> like kind of <laughs> when this all happened you said mm-hmm. that she completely deleted like all of her stuff so there were zero posts zero anything on her Instagram account correct yeah so literally the very first there was only one square, and yeah. it was a, a partial snake. Oh, and it was, like, glitchy. It just appeared. Yes. Wait, I just sent you a picture of the grid. Because she did it slowly. Yes. So the f- yeah, it was yeah. only so the, the, it was a the end of the, of the tail. And then she posted the middle, and everyone was like, okay, well, it's not a lizard, it's a snake. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah, we thought, we didn't know it was a snake. And then we're like, is it a dragon? So she literally only had those six squares. Yeah, yeah. And see, but it also was a video. So it was, like, oh. kind of, like, strobe light, like, glitching. And then oh the snake, God. the face went, like... You know, like oh the. Oh my god, I would have. That, <laughs> that would have been. Also, as such a big fan, like I loved her grid and all the memories and like looking at all the videos and photos. Like there was all these old stuff. And there are people on Instagram that like we follow that's like uh, Insta Archive or something yeah. that has all her old photos, which is really cool. But like I also remember feeling just so sad of like losing that For merch, sure. which is crazy. But like yeah. it was like she was your friend, so you could like look at her photos. Yeah. And I also feel like that stuff is definitely all archived on on her account. It's definitely not like deleted. <laughs> yeah, she yeah like because it was like so many things wow. like with friends like because it was you know from age what yeah, yeah. like fifteen sixteen yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, so it was it was a time. Wow. Yeah. So then the lyric video was released on August 25th, and it was watched more than 19 million times in its first 24 hours. The lyric video, which broke all sorts of records. Probably the best lyric video still that I've ever seen. I love it so much. You know, hearing the lyric, I have a list of names and yours is in red underlined, and then seeing the visual of the, uh, the list mm. in the lyric video, mm-hmm. I was like, Girl loves Arya Stark. This is totally inspired by it. Like, yes. <laughs> and then the music video premiered at the MTV VMAs on August 27, 2017. It was viewed 43.2 million times in its first 24 hours following its debut, which was also broke all sorts of records. Yeah. It was nuts. I think I watched it like over and over and over. <laughs> um, so Taylor explained during her iHeartRadio reputation release party It's basically about realizing you couldn't trust certain people, but realizing you appreciate the people you can trust. Realizing you can't just let everyone in, but the ones you can let in, you need to cherish. Mm. And so I think that that really furthered that bond Mm. with the fans. So a couple of lyrical things and about the live performance. So the lyric, don't like your tilted stage, is most likely a reference to Kanye West's tilted platform from his St. Pablo Mm -hmm. tour. So not a raked stage. Not a raked stage. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah, this like tilted platform. But no, I still really liked how you related to it. Cool, thank you. Yeah. Uh, So during the live Reputation Tour performance... As, as we kind of were mentioning before, introduced with this video montage flashing through bits of video 
of Taylor from the past interspersed with like clips of some of her biggest hits like You Belong With Me and Love Story and then interspersed like there would be all these like little videos and there'd be like snake footage cutting in as it was happening. And then it reveals Taylor comes up from the stage and then there's this tilted throne with golden snakes all around (laughs) and giant snakes appeared from the main stage and then the B and C stages And then the line from the bridge, which announced the death of the old Taylor, was spoken in a video by comedian Tiffany Haddish. That was the weirdest thing that happened on tour. I didn't even know that they were friends at that point. Like when I had dinner once, and I only know that because Tiffany Haddish went on SNL and talked about how good it was, and I was like, "So true, Taylor." But I remember because it was the first night. Like when I went for opening night, my friend Brett and I were like. Is it going to be someone different saying it every night? But then when it ended up being Tiffany Haddish for the whole tour, everyone was like, we're confused. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Yeah. because I was like, I didn't know they were close friends. And, like, I liked the way that she delivered the line. But also, like, I loved so much Taylor announcing that she was dead. (laughs) So it was interesting. It was definitely a choice. Yeah. So the snake, the giant snake that rose out of the the main stage, was lovingly named Karen by Taylor on Tumblr, with Taylor posting the following on her Tumblr. There was once a snake known by everyone and no one. (laughs) Her name was Karen. (laughs) No one understood her or tried to. Most people were scared she was going to swallow them whole. This made Karen sad. No one wanted to be her friend, so she just hid away in her underground world where no one could find her. But then one day, word came around to her that there was someone just like her, someone misunderstood by the world, someone people didn't bother getting to know before judging them. This made Karen feel less alone. She met up with this person, and they both instantly got along. Karen and Taylor, two misunderstood souls that felt so understood by each other. Wow. Taylor told Karen about her tour and her plan to turn people's words around so that they didn't bite them. Karen loved the idea, and now they're happily on tour together. Unreal. (laughs) She is so weird. Like, I love this woman so much, but she is so strange. (laughs) She is so weird. Also, it was spelled K-R-Y-N, which is just like, I guess it just she was inspired. This was her her snake. (laughs) And you can see in that spelling... That it's almost Aria. I don't A R Y. If there was an A there, Aria Stark. Oh, oh, could be. And Stark ends with K. Put that at the front. Karen could be. Could be her inspiration. Could be true. So ridiculous. Also, just like being there and seeing this gigantic. Like there were snakes all on the screens, but seeing it appear from the floor. Was like an experience I, I've never had yeah. and I don't know if I'll ever have since. Like Yeah. I have a video of the first time Karen like popped up and I was like, There's effing yeah. snake <laughs> And I'm just in disbelief. You know, the light up wristbands that she's done for ninety nine yeah. and, and Reptor, but she they had the wristbands programmed in like the the upper bowl and lower bowl so like to have a snake running through them. So oh it's like God. really hard to find a good video of, but like there's there's video footage of the crowd and you can see the the lights like blinking and it's like a snake slipping. Oh. It's really cool. Oh, that's cool. So cool. Super fun. I love the those bracelets, the light up so bracelets good. that can like. And so also good. so special was before her opening act started, and I think honestly even before she came out, like 
they would show all these different videos of like from the secret sessions and things like that. But they have one video of just fan reactions to the look what you made me do video that played before uh, the tour, like the tour actually started. And it was so funny to watch. Oh, uh, so cool. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Also, just like you being at the like, you didn't know a snake was going to appear from like the stage because like, by the time I it, like she got no. to New York, and I saw the show, like I kind of knew what the set looked like. And I was still surprised yeah. by it. So like you seeing the first tour, like, or first performance. I'm yeah. screaming crazy. so inappropriately, but I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure everyone around you felt the exact same way. Yeah. There's a snake. <laughs> And so, in regards to the lyric, I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. Taylor told Rolling Stone, I like to be influenced by movies and shows and books and stuff. I love to write about a character dynamic. Not all of my life is going to be as complex as these intricate webs of characters on TV shows and movies. So, I do think it was an Arya inspiration. Not to mention, like, she has, you know, hung out with Maisie since. Mm -hmm. So, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Okay, so this is a funny one. So, the lyric... The world moves on, another day, another drama, drama, but not for me, not for me. All I think about is karma. So this lyric led some to the karma theory that Taylor had an entire album named Karma already created and ready to release before the Taylor Swift is over party happened. Whoa. And that this album would have gone along with her Bleachella style phase. Oh. So this theory is based on the fact that she had changed up her look, which is something she often did to, like, mm-hmm. start a new era, and that also up until that point, she had consistently released albums every two years. So 2016 would have been the year, like, in the mm. fall, that a new album was going to come out. So Karma also, this is, like, later, but it appears spray-painted as graffiti in the Man Music video on a wall with other of Taylor's album's names on it. So Mm. fans really take that as like, oh, this theory was true. So I do believe that there was an album in the works before the Taylor Swift is over happened. Mm. But like, I don't think the whole thing was scrapped. Mm. I just think that a lot of those songs ended up on reputation. Because like, even before the crazy night and everything, she still was having like, issues with the media coming at her and she was so overexposed and Calvin and like there was just a lot of stuff that was already bearing on her that I feel like the themes of like her persona and her reputation and like the media and then also the themes of her creating like who am I actually Mm -hmm. already existed it just became even more clear when everything happened yeah if it was named karma I have no idea but very cool you know I like that theory I am so excited for Taylor's version of Reputation. I, it's really interesting because I remember when she like officially confirmed that she was going to do all of these re-records. I was like, and now that we know, obviously, that like the whole purpose of these is to devalue her previous six albums, and and like they're supposed to sound as identical, if not better, in terms of like her vocal performance. But it'll be so interesting to hear what the vault tracks are. Ooh, it it yeah. makes me think, like, we're we're going to get some more intel about where her head was at. And I, I think, like, yeah. especially when she released Lover and did the different journals, we got, like, some snippets of information about, like, the beginning of her relationship with Joe. Like, I feel like those songs are going to be really special to hear more about. Yeah. And also, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we got the really angry, like, vengeful version of her in response to everything that happened in the summer of 2016. But there was all of this other stuff that was happening before that even happened. And I feel like what you were saying about that, that period of time being documented, like we Mm -hmm. know that she can't ever turn off her songwriting. So 
Like there yeah. is stuff there that we will get. I'm I'm ready. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. yeah, it's it's this year November mm-hmm. she can start, which is like I remember when she first announced it being like 2022 is so long away. And then I'm like, we're here. <laughs> yeah. I'm still 25 in COVID years, so it's fine. I'm still 28, so <laughs> And we didn't get married, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> so, Look What You Made Me Do's hook follows the rhythmic pattern of Right Said Fred's early 1990s hit, I'm Too Sexy. Right Said Fred frontman Richard Fairbrass explained to NME how Swift interpolated their song. The title of Look What You Made Me Do is based on the verse of I'm Too Sexy. That's basically it. What's weird about I'm Too Sexy is that when people sing it, they sing the verse, not the chorus. Mm. Nobody sings that. Everybody sings I'm Too Sexy. It's the verse that people have latched onto, not the chorus. In Taylor's song, they adapt that rhythm and the attitude of the verse as a chorus. So they've just interpolated it differently, and that's all. I'd be an idiot to complain about it. We've been really lucky to have been picked by somebody like Taylor, who is obviously very cool and very successful and open-minded and relaxed about it. She's not like some people. She and all the people that work with her have been incredibly friendly. I've got a huge bunch of flowers here from them in the house. It's been a rewarding experience and very flattering. I don't have a single bad thing to say. Okay. Which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Also really cool because I had forgotten that about that song. It's yeah. not like I listened to that song. But like their, the chorus to that song is like, on the catwalk. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great music video for our Swifties who like might not have been alive and or known this yes. in the early 1990s. It's pretty funny to watch. <laughs> and it's also supposed to be satirical. So she takes a satirical song. And apparently Jack Antonoff said that they kind of fell into this by accident. Yeah. Which is interesting. I vaguely remember some story or like some interview footage with her and she was like, it kind of started as a joke. Like, oh. And then she was like, no, I'm going to lean into this a bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm. I also think this is interesting because they had gone to him and, like, gotten the approval and she credited them. I didn't know that when it came out. Like, I knew about the song, but I thought that people were upset and saying, like, oh, it's just I'm too sexy and she didn't credit them. Like, that's how I interpreted it in 2017. And clearly that wasn't the case. So that just shows you, too, like, how, like, tweets and media can make you think. Yeah, because if you look at the album and if you look at the song credits, they credit the two of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, and so this one's really fun. Dark and haunting cover of Look What You Made Me Do was featured on the May 25th, 2020 episode of the BBC drama series Killing Eve. Oh. The cover was attributed to Jack Leopards and the Dolphin Club, a band with no previous recording history. Fans quickly figured out that the cover was from Taylor because Nils Schoberg, her songwriting pseudonym we talked about earlier, was a producer on it. And also Jack Antonoff was a producer. Taylor's brother Austin once named his Twitter account the Dolphin Club. So he is likely the vocalist on this song. And the cover. It's a childhood photo of him. (laughs) Oh, it is? I have the shirt. Let me bring it up so Devin can see it. So this was uh, shortly happened after Taylor was refused the ability to purchase her masters outright. So and many saw this move as, you know, a kind of like a few to big machine records claiming any royalties from the songs you sung Killing Eve. Because you if it's a cover. Wow, yeah. 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 So this is it's pretty it's something. Whew. Wow. Okay, so we got through a Gossip lot Gab. Wow. We did it guys. <laughs> well and anything we forgot, like uh, listeners, let us know. Oh yeah. Put it in the comments. We're looking. Yeah. <laughs> We're look. We're looking. Okay, so now we're getting to the part where Leah, what is your favorite line from "Look What You Made Me Do"? That's tough. I have like two. I think personally is the one I said before. I don't like your perfect crime. How you laugh when you lie. 
I really like what she says in The Bridge, I'll be the actress starring in your bad dreams. Because I feel like coming off of 1989, that was so interesting for her to use as a lyric. I think about like the Wildest Dreams music video. And again, like this idea that if everything the media said was about her was correct, like this is how ridiculous it would be. So it's not just like I'm taking this back, but it's also like if you are going to paint me to be like this kind of like demonic figure then like I will haunt your dreams yes so I I (laughs) I love that it just felt really powerful coming from her like there's there was a very just different attitude on this album that we hadn't seen previously like bad blood obviously was rooted in like some type of truthful interaction that she had had this was so different because she she was like kind of nasty on the album at, at points and like the way that she even and this is why we can't have nice things like laughs about people and the song like it was a different attitude that we had an experience like experienced a real like musical documentation of from her yeah i love that yeah mm. we all have a spiteful side you know and a side that wishes we could just like say all those things we think and we can only say them to like our closest friends right and it's just so fun to like that she like got to do that you know and mm-hmm. it was and messy but also like not and mm. okay dead dev mm. <laughs> i called you dead <laughs> dead okay dead okay, what's your favorite line and look what you made me do i love the i have a list of names and yours is in red underlined i mean come on like yeah. let's let's i just also love the melody of that and the rhythm of that line that is, it's so it's so fun to just sing along to mm-hmm. but then of course like an honorable mention to any part of a taylor song where she has like little like oohs and uh, and yeah, and, yeah you, love those. Are so fun. you know like mm-hmm. the so every time she does the oh like it's just <laughs> so ridiculous it's so goofy i'm like where did that come from? Like, why did she decide to do that? It's just so, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Gab, what is your favorite line? I really love, honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. Yeah. You know, at this point, it really, like, it hadn't been that thing. But I just love the idea of, like, you know, all these things can get thrown at me, but I'm still here. And, like, I'm going to come back. And, like, it's very interesting doing this song right after Long Story Short, mm-hmm. where she's like, it was a bad time, I survived. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she did it. Like, she she does it all the time. She, like, everything can be thrown at her, and she can get through it now, yeah. which I think is amazing. And also just really cool in, like, the history of being a fan of Taylor and going through with her and, like, her growing up, basically. And, like, where she is now is, like, a lot of these things won't hit her the same way. She's, you know, allowed herself to be sensitive and soft again, but she still is tough and will speak up for herself, which I think is mm-hmm. is important. Kind of what we were saying in terms of different interpretations of this song, like, if you are as familiar as, familiar as I am, and obviously Gab and Devin are with her music, like, you kind of know that this was a joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... It was, like, a very deliberate, like, I'm going to totally shift what the public thinks of me and, like, give them something insane and very different to talk about, but Mm -hmm. let the music speak for itself. For sure. Whereas, like, she hadn't, she just hadn't done that before. Yeah. She had been silly and, like, funny and would do little vocal pieces of her laughing in other songs, and but this Mm -hmm. was such a significant, like, pivot to... I'm going to change my sound. I'm going to change my vibe. But the people who like 
It's like what she said about Blank Space. Like, if you're not in on the joke now, like, you're never going to be in on the joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. And, like, even just, like, going to it, like, you know, I was wearing, you know, like, all black and dark lipstick. Like, you know, I was like, I'm in Reputation Era. (laughs) I think I I enter my Reputation Era, like, three times a year. I re-entered it this morning to prepare for this podcast. Nice. Perfect. As you're in your your rep hoodie. And it's raining outside and it's disgusting. It's true. Okay. Gab. Okay. From one to ten, lists of names. What do you give the song? Oh, this is tough because, like, obviously we've already covered I give the music video a ten, like a million, thirteen. But for just the song, but with the context. Oh, oh, it's so hard. Why do I have to go first? Okay, I'm going to give Look What You Made Me Do because if I was just doing, like, the song sorter, I'd probably, like, it would be, like, in the seven category. Mm. But I love everything about this song and I love mm-hmm. Reputation, but then like there are so many songs on Reputation I love more. Mm-hmm. So like I think it's a seven for me. Okay. Just like as the number if I had to. Great. Okay. What about you, Leah, from one to ten lists of names? I want to get hate because like I could talk about this track for years, but like yeah. I said, it's not my favorite. It's not even close to my top like 50 probably. Taylor yeah. Swift songs. Yeah. Yeah. I think I give it like a 6.5 for the song. But the experience, yeah. like a 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. There won't, no, there won't be hate because we've like talked about the song for like two hours. Yeah. So, you know, we love yeah, the song. So who knows how many people are actually going to get to this part of the podcast? <laughs> they love it. <laughs> okay, Devin, from one to 10 lists of names, yours mm-hmm. is going to be way lower. Yeah. So for the song, so just for the song, mm-hmm. out of context, mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a three. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this song doesn't do it I mean, for me. Yeah. As the phenomenon that this is as a cultural moment with all of the things combined into it, a 15. <laughs> because, and now especially, like, going back and seeing what this time was and everything and really getting it. Mm-hmm. Like, the absolute brilliance of this woman. Yeah. For what she did in this moment to you know, completely shift everything that everybody was thinking about her. And to do this and just have like a big middle finger to everybody, to all of the haters who were going to hate, 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 Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like, like I said, with the relate to, I can't extrapolate any of the parts of what this song is because it was a moment and a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. And so the song itself is just a part of that. Yeah. Everything else about it makes it so phenomenal. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us as a guest on Tata Z. This was, like, so perfect because I knew, like, you had all the, like, rep knowledge. Anything that you feel like we missed? Anything you want to share about your personal experience with reputation before we go? I feel like we we really covered a lot of ground. I don't think we missed anything crucial. I love this album. I think it's definitely not my favorite album, but it's up there. But I think as a Swifty, this was such like a fun time, especially what you were saying before when when everyone was saying this is going to be a flop tour. And she was like, okay, well, I sold out like every single stadium ever. Yeah, yeah. I went to seven rep shows. So like, I didn't even know that. I thought you went to three. Oh, my God. 
And it was, it was just like a really exciting time to be a fan. And everyone was like, but isn't it the same concert every night? I'm like, no, well, there's a surprise song. Yeah. And. <laughs> oh, wait, what are some of the surprise it, songs you got to sing? Oh my God. I can tell you all of them. Night, opening night was All Too Well. Oh my God. Okay, so that was okay. Then the next one I went to was Philly and it was Treacherous. Oh. Then the next one I went to was Three Nights at MetLife. I don't know how I didn't get in the money. Yeah, because you were there in the rain show. She yes. did Welcome to New York and the night that we saw you Welcome there. Welcome to yeah. New York. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Our picture from that is so, so cute. cute. She Welcome to New York. Then rain show she did. Oh, my God. I think she did Fearless, She right? did Clean at the Piano. Yeah. Oh, duh. She did yeah. Fearless in the rain. Yeah. And then she did Enchanted Night. Oh, wow. So good. Uh, and then I took my niece to her first ever concert. Oh, my God. And it was. That's so cute. Oh, and I went to Chicago for my birthday. She did 22 that night. Oh, my God. And I was like, she did it for yeah, me. It's my birthday. Turning 24. I was like, it's my birthday. And then, I, yeah, I took my niece at Gillette Stadium, and it was. Oh my god, why don't I remember? It's a lot to remember. Oh, I think it was ours. Oh, cute. Oh, oh I love ours. It was so fun. I remember every night on Twitter, we're like, it's surprise song o'clock. Like, what's we're ready, ready tonight? And we would all, people would like live stream like Periscope on Twitter because we were so excited for what it was oh going to be. Periscope. And they're like, yeah, people's that. reaction videos to finding out what the surprise song is, like either there yeah. or like me on my couch. Yeah unmatched so cool it's just such a fun time to be a fan yeah i feel like that was like the most epic tour and just like knowing that like missing seeing her live like i'm like ready it's crazy that that was her last tour yeah like i saw her i went to good morning america for lover Mm -hmm. and i went to the vmas for lover that was the most exhausting weekend of my entire life (laughs) um but i also went to jingle ball Mm -hmm. for lover Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was her 30th birthday. Oh, yeah, that one was so So that cute. was really and special. They the cake out, yeah. But that was the last time I saw her live. I really want to see her again, obviously, because I am at I think I'm at 15 shows oh now. God. But <laughs> That's amazing. But I'm, like, not ready for the wow. bloodbath that will be pre-sale. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's become so hard buying tickets. Like, it's nuts. This was so much fun. This was fun. so fun. I'm like so sad it's over. <laughs> well, you can come back. I'd love to so come look back. at our, you have our spreadsheet. So look later in the alphabet oh and God, see, see something that you might be interested in doing. Okay. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Thank you. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tatazi Podcast and give us all your thoughts. Do you also remember the lead up to the release of Look What When You Made Me Do? Mm. Let us know your experience and if we missed any of the details or any Easter eggs. Like, we want to hear it all. Everything. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast or the link in our bio or podcast description. Also, be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now. Yes, and thank you as always to our patrons on Patreon. You are the absolute best. Yes, thank you, thank you. Thank you. you. Well, next episode, we'll be covering Love Story from Fearless Taylor's version. Ooh, this is quite a run. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tata Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.